to the Stalk and I podcast for single women considering solo motherhood by donor conception. I'm your host, Mel Johnson, the solo motherhood coach and solo mum to a three-year-old daughter. For series three of the podcast, I've interviewed a variety of people who share their personal stories, providing a collection of different perspectives of paths to parenthood. In today's episode, I chat to Harriet all about her experience of being a solo mum of twins. It's a question so many people ask me, should I put two embryos back? And I discuss this in depth with Harriet, as well as her experience of having twins as a solo mum. Harriet, thank you so much for saying that you'll come onto the podcast today. You're welcome. Nice to meet you. So um, lovely to chat to you. Before we get started, maybe you could just give yourself a bit of an introduction. Sure. Um, so I'm Harriet. I am in my early 40s. Um, I have uh, five-year-old twin boys. Um, I'm a solo mother to them and I work um, in the television industry making TV shows. Um, I was freelance before I had them. I was actually living in New York when I got pregnant um, and then came back freelance for a bit once they were a bit older and then now I've got a sort of permanent job which is the dream in TV it's quite rare but um, now I have that so that's a little about me um yeah it's um it's really interesting how many people I speak to who have lived abroad um mm. I was adamant that living abroad didn't alter my chances of meeting someone but the more people I speak to who've lived abroad I think hmm <laughs> yeah I think you're right it's like I mean I I moved to New York when I was maybe I was about 33 I just had a had, had a couple of relationships that sort of hadn't really worked out my sister was living out there she was just about to have a baby so I was like oh I might see if I can move to New York and I managed to get a visa and it was all fine and I, I mean I absolutely loved living in New York it was just the best time ever loads of friends was out drinking all the time and I did a bit of dating out there but it is one of the worst places I've ever lived for dating it was just like it was just like everyone was just permanently dating there was nothing in there it rarely went beyond dates so I had a few things out there dates and what have you but it sort of never really went anywhere and then I I I always 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 knew I wanted to have kids and I sort of I got my sister had her second and I was 36 and I just sort of thought I don't really I don't really know what I'm doing I'm like dating these people it's not going anywhere and I feel like I'm gonna miss my chance and I think that was probably it was my sister having her second was probably the thing that spurred me on to saying right I need to do something about it did you actually have your treatment in New York then I did I did so I think in my head I was gonna have a baby and carry on living in New York and have it in America so they got a US passport and all of those lovely things um obviously my plans slightly changed when I found out I was having twins so that's when things slightly changed but no I was I um was not that long after my 36th birthday I sort of thought I just need to look into see what this looks like and how I can go about doing it and I you know I did the old reading some books there weren't many um I had to I had a long hard sort of I had to really come to terms with the fact that it might not work and I that was a really weird thing that I just had to do for myself I had to sort of go through the process in my brain of working out what I would do if it didn't work because I knew that 
you know, there was a chance it wouldn't or I'd run out of money or whatever and I wouldn't be able to do it. So I sort of did all that stuff in my head. And then I went to the doctors, did all the tests, which were okay, not brilliant for my age, but okay. So they said, um, the doctor was like, oh, we can do IUIs, that's fine. We'll do, try a few of those, see what happens. So I did three IUIs with no no medication at all, which was obviously didn't work. Tried that. And then they were like, let's try with medication, which I did three of those. I had a couple of very, very, very early miscarriages, like sort of a week in or whatever. Um, and then eventually I was like, this is just such a waste of time. And I sort of in the back of my head was like, I might want to have more than one, not at the same time, but I might want to have a sibling. <laughs> so maybe, maybe I should do IVF. So we spoke, I spoke to the doctor and he said, yeah, let's, let's do it. Did one round, had an embryo put back, didn't work. And then the doctor I'd been dealing with the whole time had left. And we'd spoken about the twins thing because I sort of, I didn't really want twins and we'd spoken about it. And then I had a new doctor and they were like, well, you know, clearly you don't get pregnant very easily. So shall we try putting two back? It was obviously my choice and I knew there was a risk, but they were like, you know, the chance of twins is pretty low for you because you, I was 37 at that point. She didn't clearly didn't make much of a difference, but anyway, so <laughs> I sort of said, okay, fine, let's try putting two back on the first uh, trans embryo frozen transfer that I did. And of course, the time that I put two back is when I got pregnant. So I got pregnant and they I had that phone call from the clinic and they were like, yeah, you're um, very pregnant. And I was like, OK, great. Thinking, lovely. Carried on. And then I had the first scan at sort of must have been about six weeks. I must have been like two weeks after I got the pregnancy test. And they were like, oh, there's two heartbeats. And I just... Yeah, I just went slightly into free fall. And it was, it, I knew, I knew it could happen. I totally knew it could happen. But when you, when I was lying there and I found that out, I just, I did completely freak out. I'm not going to lie. And I just didn't know what to do. And also with all of those hormones that are running through you when you're pregnant, and I obviously had double of them, I just was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't think I can cope. I don't know how I'm going to afford it. All of those things. So I went through sort of six weeks of completely freaking out. And then I went for a scan at, no, it must have been sort of four weeks. I went for a scan at 10 weeks when I first went to the OB because you switch from the clinic to the OB at that point. And um, one of, there was, I had a bleed and they were like, oh, we're not sure if one of them maybe isn't going to make it. And the minute that happened, I was like, hang, no, no, hang on a minute. I'm having two. Like I need, they need to both be okay. And I think that was what sort of triggered me to be like, oh, hang on a minute. No, I do. I do want them both. And it's all it's going to be OK. I'm going to figure it out and it'll all be OK. And the next scan I had, it, everything was fine and it was all right. But but yeah, it was it was a shock and it was a worry. And I I can't I constantly worried when I was pregnant. I worried about money. I worried about were they going to come early and it was going to be really difficult and they were going to be in neonatal for months on end and. That I had all of those fears that I think had I been pregnant with one I might have just enjoyed being pregnant but actually I was just worried and scared for a lot of it and um, once I got past about 32 34 weeks I relaxed a bit and then but then I was just deeply uncomfortable so yeah um, it was a slightly different thing but but yeah 
and so and also so when I found out I was having twins I was like I can't live in New York on my own and have twins and my sister was moving back to London so I was like right we're all just we're all going to move back and that's just it's what it is so so did uh, you move back and have the boys in the UK yeah Yeah. because I think the other fear was that in in New York if they'd come early and been in neonatal it would have cost I have fairly good insurance but not that good it could have potentially cost an absolute fortune um so yeah so I moved back to London and because my house was rented out what I actually did was I moved in with my parents and they were like just stay with us until you feel ready to go home so I stayed with them until the boys were six months old which was a bit of a godsend as it turns out (laughs) so I suppose the question that I often get asked Mm. is should I put two back um what what is your advice for people now given your situation I mean it's a really difficult one because obviously now it's brilliant I've got two amazing boys and they're fantastic and it's all great it's hard work but it's all good but it just having two on your own comes with massive challenges I could not have done it I don't I mean I would have done it I would have found a way but it would have been incredibly hard had I not been living with my parents because what they what they did for me was they would they didn't get involved at night that was all me but during the day they would always have them for the 10 minutes I needed so I could have a shower which was the one thing that made me feel like a human being Um, and and also they allowed me to sort of concentrate on just them for a while they I didn't have to worry about feeding myself I didn't have to worry about cleaning the house all of those sorts of things so it sort of allowed me to in some ways enjoy having them both Um, so I would say if you don't have a good support network and a pretty strong one you'd need to take a really hard think about what you would do if you had to and it's expensive it's really really expensive like I had to get a nanny for the first year that I was back at work because it was cheaper than nursery but it was still a huge I mean my salary wasn't enough I had to use all my savings basically to get through those first few years and I think if I'd had two a few years apart I would have just been you know the money would have worked with my salary much better so yeah that's it it's expensive it's really hard work and it's incredibly exhausting and I I really I I really struggled when I was pregnant I felt I was really embarrassed this sounds really odd but I was really embarrassed to to say to people that I was a solo mum having twins because I was embarrassed that I'd put myself in that situation I thought people would think I was a bit of an idiot but actually the truth was I'd been trying for a long long time and I wanted a baby and you know that's why I did it but I, I it was only after they were born and I just owned it but it was much easier to do weirdly when they were here because yeah. I was just doing it and getting on with it when it's all a bit it doesn't really feel real in some ways when you're pregnant and I just I just so I I didn't go to prenatal classes I as I said I was worried the whole way through the pregnancy that they were going to come early and I was going to have all of those things Mm. to deal with Mm. turns out they had to be dragged out at 38 weeks um, oh wow that's um, quite unusual yeah they were were, they were like six pounds each they were really quite big um so yeah I think I think if if you if you know you've got the support and you have the money and the mental capacity to deal with it go for it and like there are some really big advantages to twins so yeah I think I think twins is a blessing in some ways it really is and you know there's some great things to it but yeah it was the first year was very tough very tough 
I think there's so many sort of elements to that. So basically, I think the really great advice is, you know, if you're going to put two back, you have to have thought through you that you, you're ready for it because mm-hmm. it is a possibility. Yeah. Um, I think that the other thing is I always tell people don't reject the idea of living with your parents. Now, yeah. I know it's absolutely not possible for everyone. For everyone um, yeah. Um, but but you know all those people I know like living with siblings or living yeah. with a friend or whatever the scenario and um, I talk a bit about the ego because you know most of the women I speak to are successful independent yeah. good career yeah they didn't have on the radar that they'd be moving back in with their parents so and true. so some people almost like think no no I can't do that but mm. actually the benefit of oh. it so huge yeah and what's actually really really lovely is you know my parents have got now six grandsons and the uh their elders live in Vancouver actually so they see them but not as often as I'd like to and my sister's kids were in New York when they were very young so what my parents got with my boys and have still with my boys is just this amazing relationship because you know they were there from day one and they were really close and they literally held them every single day until they were sort of six seven months old when I moved home and now you know my boys are as happy there as they are here and they absolutely they've just got this amazing relationship and I think actually that's really important and really lovely especially as they've only got one set of grandparents not two so yeah Um, Daisy's exactly the same she today she said to my mum um am I am I coming to your house granny and my mum was like oh um, tomorrow not tonight and she said oh I want to come tonight I want to stay at granny's house forever and I was like oh (laughs) you like mummy's house and she said I prefer granny's house (laughs) my I mean my boys love my parents house because they're like a decent sized garden which I don't have so they're like especially at the moment where it's like sort of a bit warmer um they just love going there and they love it and they get spoiled rotten as well so I try and do I mean obviously I couldn't during most of the last 12 months but now that we can see them again a bit more um they I try and drop them off there like once a week or once a fortnight for an overnight just even if I don't have anywhere to go just so I can have an evening basically an evening without having to break up any fights and so when you were deciding I suppose like right back at the beginning Mm. um how easy did you find it like five years ago in New York I mean Mm. what was it like was that we we sort of like leading the way a little bit or well I'm not sure I'd say leading the way there was definitely there's a group um, which I hadn't found actually when I was thinking about doing it called Single Mothers by Choice, which is a very American website. Yeah. Um, so I eventually found that when I was pregnant, but I I knew it was an option. And I actually, I vaguely, I remember listening to, and I think my mum actually sent it to me, interestingly, a woman's hour. Um, and it was a woman on there who had done it and she'd had two kids on her own. And I think that just sort of went, and it yeah. was probably, oh, it probably was like 35 and a half or something. And was like, I was like, okay yeah that's it and my mom said it to me for a reason like she knew she knew I'd grown up always wanting kids like it was was something I desperately had always wanted and you know I think I knew in the back of my mind that I was always going to try and find a way 
but yeah it was scary and it was a bit sort of unknown how I was going to go about it but so I'd listened to that podcast and I think I I'd lit to the woman's hour and I think I was like okay so I'll do a bit of digging so I found some books and I just went on some sperm donor websites just to see what there was and how it worked and and yeah I think it it just you know I spoke I obviously spoke to my parents about it and they were like yeah of course that's what you should do there was no no question in their mind that I would be fine and I could do it and I should do it and they even they even actually gave me some money to help me a bit they were like you're not you've not had a wedding so amazing you can have a bit of that money that we might have spent on a wedding so they said if you get married later you won't get anything there (laughs) you're on your own (laughs) yeah exactly I was like no okay fine so yeah they were incredibly supportive and my sister was and my brother in you know in Vancouver was so so yeah I think it was it, it felt daunting and I was terrified going to that first meeting at the clinic because I was like oh they're gonna think I'm like this they're crazy but no they were like totally totally like they'd seen it every day and and in fact the one of the first things the doctor told me about was someone he knew you know someone that they just treated who'd had just had a baby who was on their own so it just normalized it a lot and actually that really helped I think it was a bit weird coming back to London and I think I did get I got some reactions I I I distinctly remember in fact twice I had one at the my obstetricians in New York who when I was like 12 weeks was like you know you know how hard having twins is going to be especially on your own and I remember coming out of that and just crying so I was like I don't know what I'm going to do it's awful and I don't know how I'm going to cope and then I spoke to my sister and she was like that woman doesn't know you at all like she doesn't know what you've dealt with in your life and the hundreds of shows you've run with like 300 people and all the rest of it and I was like oh yeah you're right she doesn't know me at all and so when actually something very similar happened to me when I was back in London and I went to a hospital appointment and because I was consultant-led rather than midwife because I was having twins Mm. I just I never saw the same person which was quite difficult I just kept seeing these different people and I had to explain my situation over and over and over again and this one obstetrician just just decided to tell me how tough it was going to be and how hard I was going to find it and very fortunately I was in quite a good frame of mind and because I'd dealt with it once before I just turned around and said you don't know me you don't know how I'm going to cope with twins I'm staying with my parents they're around all the time because they're semi-retired actually I'm going to have a lot more support than most people with a husband which shut her up and she, she didn't say anything I else love after it. that but it's true like actually in many respects I had way more support than other people I had friends coming around all the time my family were there all the time my sister was around all the time so you know it was in fact I think it was I think the boys were like 10 days old apart from the odd bits in the hospital the boys were 10 days old before I was completely on my own with them so you know I think a lot of people don't get that long through before they're on their own with their baby so so true I mean I I say that as well I mean obviously Mm. I've only got one but um Mm. you know I do feel like some of my friends even say to me you have more freedom to yeah. do stuff than we do because you've got better support particularly because when yeah. you're a solo parent you've sort of thought it through a lot more and you've put Completely. it in place whereas yeah. with um people in a partnership they kind of maybe wing it a little bit yeah. more and then haven't got that that network in place yeah exactly like I've always I always know if I can't get home from work I know what I do and who would pick them up it's usually my parents but I've got other friends I could call who would pick them up if I can't get back for whatever reason and things like that so yeah I put all of that into place from really early on 
isn't it so unhelpful when people say, I mean, but yeah, particularly about twins, but they say it all the time just to solo parents as well. Yeah. Oh, do you know how hard it's going to be? As if we're totally stupid. I we've not thought it by, you know, by the time we've got to our age, we've got friends with kids, like, and I'd seen my sister with kids. I knew exactly how hard it was. Yeah. I really did. Like I'd seen the rough of it. So I knew I wasn't walking in with my eyes shut. Obviously, I didn't know what twins was going to be like exactly. But, you know, I knew what having a baby meant. I knew how hard it was going to be. And it was. It was as hard as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But I was prepared for it. So and I think a lot of people aren't. I um, I always quote Glennon Doyle at people because um, I think her quote is, you know, we can do hard things. And it's like, yeah. why are people questioning if we can do something that's hard? We've done yeah. loads of hard things. This exactly. is another one. Um yeah, I think it is important that people have thought it through because it yeah. is hard and maybe some people haven't, but um, it is annoying when people question. Um, I think, I and I do really think it's about a lot about your personality and yes. what you know yourself you can cope with. And yes. I know I can cope with quite a lot and, and that I've got the support when I can't. Yes. And I think if I was, you know, if I knew that actually I didn't cope with situations very well or I got really stressed out a lot of the time which I do sometimes but not all the time I think I would have probably thought thought twice about it but I know I know what I've handled in my life and what I can do so you know you can't predict everything that's going to happen and how you're going to react to a lot of situations but I sort of knew myself well enough by that point At, at 25 I wouldn't have known myself well enough but by the time I was 36 I knew myself well enough to know pretty well how I would handle it I think I think I think that's really great advice because that's something I've said to people because so many people say to me will I be able to cope but the problem is only you know if you'll be able to cope because everyone's different and that's exactly what I say to people can you cope with other situations like how do you usually cope so if you're somebody who does have a lot of meltdowns about small things mm. then yeah then you're gonna have to think about how how you're gonna cope with this because it yeah. because it is hard whereas if you're someone who is really resilient and has got through loads of situations then this is just like another one to another do another one so, exactly yeah. yeah yeah and people are always saying to me and actually you know I, I said I was quite embarrassed when I was pregnant but actually since then and since I've had the boys all I get from people is like god you're amazing like I can't believe you're doing it doing such a great job and actually now I just feel really proud about it which is a really quite a nice feeling and you know yeah I'm not always the best mum because I'm working too much or I'm tired or whatever but on the whole you know we've got to five (laughs) they're doing all right they're in school they're learning and they're most of the time they're happy so yeah I think I think it's you know I, I feel quite proud of having having done it I think I think you get a lot of admiration for people yeah. um being a solo parent but yeah. being a solo parent of twins I'm sure yeah. um even yeah. more so um but we it's interesting because I think we've talked about it before on um on some forum of um thinking that maybe we're not being the best parents and sometimes yeah. thinking that that's because we're solo parents and yeah. maybe if we had a partner you know things would It'd be different be, yeah. Yeah. and I think we we've mentioned that it's hard to know how much of that is a fantasy and how much is a reality um, and I you know my friends are really frank with me like sometimes they're like god I just screamed at my kids for like an hour because they were driving me mad and I was like okay you know 
everyone everyone has those moments parenting yeah. and I think there's no no way around it I think it's good to know that just because they've got a partner there yeah, it's not, it's not yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. they still have got their breaking point when exactly they're, when they're yeah, you know, their partners are away often as well and they have to deal with stuff on their own at certain times and the husbands do as well actually because my friends are all relatively high flying and then seem to be jetting off all over the place <laughs> there you go and um, and how do you juggle work? So have you found that okay, or has it been a challenge? It, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. When I first went back to work, so I was, as I said, I was freelancing, and I came back to when I came back to London, I was like 21, 22 weeks pregnant, and I got a job for sort of two months when I got back, which was brilliant because it meant I had some money coming in. Said so I live in West London and it was in Shoreditch, so it was just a hideous commute. I can't actually believe now, looking back on it, I can't quite believe I did it. But so I worked until you know I was like 34 weeks or whatever, which was great. It just gave me a bit more money when I first got back, um, and then yeah, I sort of. I was nervous because I didn't have a job to go to after I had them. I knew that I'd got a lot of contacts and hopefully I'd find something, but I didn't. And anyway, I got really lucky and someone was looking for someone that I knew and went to work with them. And yeah, that first sort of month was was tough, but I had a nanny and actually that was a lot easier because it meant I didn't have to get the kids out the door in the morning and I could just walk mm. back and they'd eaten and they were ready for bed essentially. So it was actually quite easy. Um, and then I got offered... Uh, sort of step up in another company and I, I really thought had to think quite hard about whether to take that because it was going to be more responsibility and um, harder but it was more money and it was a career development so I was like no I'm just going to do it. and I was really honest with the when they interviewed me I told them what my situation was and they were like great yeah go for it sort of told them I'd have to leave at five every night and they were fine with it so that was great and then I got made redundant last summer during covid and I was just like, oh, I was just sort of in a groove and it was working. Um, but very fortunately, I've got a new job, but it is big. It's a big job and it's full on and it's probably bigger than I might have chosen. But I love it and I'm really enjoying it. But it is it's a lot of work and it's a lot of responsibility. And there are days when I'm like, God, everything feels like it's just a lot at the moment. Like, you know, I've got like reading to do with the boys and I've got to answer these emails and I want to try and spend time with them and there's there is a lot of pull from in many different directions and then you know I'm like the house is a mess or the flat's a mess and I just need to tidy so there is it yeah it it there are challenges with that I think and I want to develop my career because I'm not going to be looking after five-year-olds all the time but yeah, it, this is this year has been difficult for that. And it's going to be a change again when we're back in the offices more because I'm going to the boys are going to have to be in after school club for longer than I probably would like. But I think my parents probably will step in again a bit more at that point. Um, so, yeah, it, career is an interesting one. And I was very sort of established in my career before I had the boys. You know, I moved countries and managed to sort my career out from nothing really in another country well was freelancing over there and then sort of knew that I had enough contacts to come back to to get work but yeah it's still it still weighed on my mind a lot when I was on maternity what I was going to do afterwards and how it was all going to work with kids and whether I was going to earn enough to pay for the nanny and all of those sorts of things um but no I've sort of made a conscious effort and again my again my parents stepped in and were like when I was weighing up about this job they were like of course you have to take it like your career is 
big it's been a huge part of my life before I had the boys like really huge and I love it so they were like go for it and we'll we'll help where we need to and actually as it happens it's I've been working from home most of the time for the last year so it's been all right but yeah there's definitely pulls there's a lot of pulls on my time I would say in in terms of work and the boys and sort of wanting to feel like I'm giving them enough but also my job enough and you know there's a lot of there is there is definite mum guilt around that but I think everyone has that I don't think it's it's a, a solo mum thing at all it's just that I know that if I lose my job it's it's a problem because there's no yeah. one to fall back on so. yeah I definitely think everyone has it I think this the pressure of career can be a little bit more for solo parents because like you say you're the only earner and so you exactly. it just feels like yeah there's no yeah. backup plan sure, yeah, exactly. and one of the ways I sort of like reconcile it with myself is that um I try to think about being a role model in terms of being passionate about my job and not apologizing for it actually trying to be like but this is my passion and this is my career and um you know and I'm doing it for us so that yeah 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 I do say that to boys I'm like I don't do my work <laughs> there's no treats <laughs> yeah. nowhere to live All the yeah. rest of it. So they, they do get it they get it I think it's nice for kids to see you passionate about something yeah. else yeah. and having that as well I think mm. it's a really good lesson for them about you know finding something that uh that that fills you with yeah know, I think that's true it's really important uh but but I I feel the same it is a constant juggle and sometimes mm it's really difficult to like be fully present in the moment when you're thinking I don't know about you but when I'm in my house I'm like oh, look at everything that needs yeah, yeah. doing and then it's yeah. hard to play yeah. when you've got yeah, yes. so many other- and I really I find certain times of the day like I pick them up from our school club at the moment around sort of five five thirty and then I've got to come home do their food get them bathed the house just always feels like a mess at that point because they've just done their school bags and all the rest of it and and at that time of day a lot of people are still working so I can hear my emails pinging in and it's sort of just that like everything starts to feel like it's getting on top of me but I've learned now to just sort of turn the sound off on my phone so I can't hear the emails coming in I just concentrate on the boys for those few hours and then as soon as they're in bed I go and deal with all the other stuff and they you know it can take them 45 minutes to go to sleep but actually one of the advantages of twins is they will just amuse themselves a little bit during that time and then I'll go back in read a story and but I've had like that hour to sort of decompress do any last bits of work I need to Mm -hmm. and then sort them out and then I can sort of relax a bit but yeah the evenings are often spent cleaning or a bit, bit more work or those sorts of things but the weekends I'm lucky my job most of the time allows me just to shut the computer and the weekends is about them and a bit of cleaning <laughs> do you ever like I don't know if you do this do you ever look back and think I don't know how I didn't realize how easy life was before oh, I, all like, how- <laughs> the time literally all the time I was I think it was on Saturday I was in the park on a play day it was pissing with rain and I was like god what would I have been doing before these boys and I thought I'd have been sat on the sofa reading a book or watching a film or like drinking a glass of wine or something like that and now I'm stood in a freezing cold park trying to change a friend which was nice but still yeah. I was like this probably I, I think like I couldn't keep on top of stuff 
before having yeah. a baby. Like I, my life admin was out of control. My house still wasn't that tight. Yeah, to be yeah. yeah. And I just think um, I didn't know how easy it was. It was. Then. Yeah. Like, so um, but I, I think one of the things that you need, I guess, um, mm. particularly with twins, is resilience yeah. Yeah. in terms of just keeping on going. Yeah, and I think especially that first year, it mm. was like that sleep deprivation you just can't explain it like I just was so tired and in my wisdom or not as the case may be I was determined to breastfeed them Mm. and so I did and actually god looking back on it I don't know why I thought that was a good idea it really it wasn't actually because they would have slept better (laughs) I don't know you know had I used formula and I did eventually sort of mix feed but I just was it felt like I was constantly sort of pushing up a hill that first year because I was so tired so so tired and I and also that all that stuff that comes when you go from being a single person with a totally free life to having a child and that is a big transition Mm. and I don't think anyone really realizes it because you know I went from you know yes it took me a long time to get pregnant so there was a bit of a transition there because I went from being out drinking a lot and sort of hanging out with friends to less of that because a I was trying to save money and b I didn't want to drink too much while I was trying to get pregnant so there was a bit of a transition there but then that transition again when you've suddenly got two two lives that you're responsible for and it's completely different to how you've lived your life before for me that was tough I found that quite a difficult transition if I'm totally honest and whether that was because there was two of them or because it was just you know I found it a slightly difficult transition I don't know but that yeah definitely that first year and you know it doesn't mean to say I didn't love them and enjoy it but there was definitely moments during that time where I was like wow this is a lot (laughs) I think it's I think it's super important to talk about it because I think there's two things I think one is in the same way that many of us fantasize about how we were going to become parents yes, and have yes. to let go of that fantasy about how that was going to happen. Yeah. You also fantasize what being a parent's going to Completely. be like. Yeah. And and it's usually the rosy version. <laughs> of course. And it was, um, of course. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I think sometimes that the reality, you know, is slightly different to what you fantasize yes. about. And, very different. Yeah. And even <laughs> even more so with twins, because you know, yeah. my fantasy was like, oh, I'm gonna go to swimming classes and I'm gonna go to mm-hmm. music classes and this, that, and the other, and you know, I'm gonna go to all these things and actually the reality of doing that with twins is quite different and quite difficult and you know I did I did go to stuff in the end but I would always on the way be like oh god what if one of them wakes up and is crying the whole way through then what if the other one cries what am I going to do but actually I learned quite early on I went again in my wisdom decided to go and meet some friends for lunch when the boys were maybe about eight weeks old again went to Shoreditch to meet some old work friends on the train on the overground and I mean I don't know what I was thinking but anyway got off I went with my my double buggy got on the train went up to town went to Shoreditch house lovely had a lovely lunch they were brilliant actually behaved really really well slept loads ate a bit slept loads and then on the way home (laughs) they were just like no we're done with this and they both started screaming on the train and I was like earth do I do like I don't know what to do they didn't want to eat they just wanted to scream but this is where I learned that actually it's okay this amazing woman probably in her 60s came over sat down next to me said give me one I was like all right oh. literally handed a baby over <laughs> and we were both there just rocking babies on the train trying to get them to sleep and I was like 
you know what? Yeah, there, I was definitely getting a few filthy looks from some people, but actually most people don't care. They just no. don't care. And they just want to help you. And I had a, I had a few times when things like that happened and I was like, people just want to help you. And if they scream a bit, doesn't really matter. Just doesn't matter. It was it's, really sweet. It was a really sweet moment, actually. It's really interesting. And I think it's yeah. a lesson or it's a skill to learn to accept the help because yeah, then... Yeah. That's totally different. But I went to Ikea on Monday and, oh. and, I, and I wanted loads of stuff and I live yeah. far from Ikea. And I was like, right. I'm fitting it all in and it's super <laughs> heavy. And I was like, I'm going to, I don't care. I'm this do it. Yeah. yeah. And there was a guy sitting in his car and he was like, um, do you need a hand? And I was like, uh, no, thanks. But, and I clearly needed a hand. So I struggled and managed to do like loads of it on my own and then thought, yeah what am I doing so I went (laughs) over to his car and I was like actually could I have a hand and he came around and he was like how the hell have you got this in the car on your own and I was like sheer determination yeah exactly (laughs) because I'm still my automatic response is to say no thanks I don't need the help I do need the help I do yeah (laughs) Yeah. and no and I'm the same and even at that moment I was like do I want to hand a baby over and I was like no I'm just gonna do it it's fine yeah it's really good yeah and actually you do start to get into the swing of it and then sometimes yeah. I think why is no one helping me I need help yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> god you see I need help <laughs> yeah but actually you know the boys started school and when they were at nursery and sort of people learned my situation I like amazing people would always be like god if you ever just need a break like we'll take them and they're really like I've got some really lovely people around and I don't take them up on it because I don't need to most of the time yeah. but it's nice really nice to know. to know that that is there and that people understand my situation and, and will help out where they can, which is really lovely. So, yeah, it's nice. Brilliant. Yeah. And then what about the future? Have you done any dating? Are you interested? Oh, or? So I was sort of thinking about it back in January, February 2020. Right. And then, of course, everything's just gone to part. And then I got this new job and it just all feels a bit overwhelming. I mean, look, mm. I would love to meet someone and I would love that. It's obviously really complicated once you've got children because there's all that like, what? How do I, how do I even introduce them to someone and all of those things? But yeah, I've definitely not ruled it out. I'm not. I'm determined to give it a go. So yeah, yeah. there will be some. I'm just not quite at that point at the moment. But most of that's to do with COVID actually and a new job rather than anything yeah. else. So, yeah. yeah. So you're you're open to it. I'm definitely case. open to it. Yeah, definitely open to it. I mean, I I sort of was hoping there'd be like a single dad at the school gate, but so far no. So <laughs> We'll see. I'm always because Daisy's in nursery yeah. I feel like it's a bit young like yeah almost be a bit sad if there's single yes time. yes exactly yeah yeah um, but as they get a bit older that's what I'm thinking oh well it's been lovely chatting to you, you I think do. it will be so helpful for so many people who are um considering whether to you know have to yeah. put back in and also yeah. for people who have found out that they are expecting twins hopefully it'll be reassuring for them that yeah and I think I think the thing is as well once as they get older it's more just like having siblings rather than twins in many respects they're just the same age but you know it's like having two kids and I think you know there's it, it there are tough times but on the whole it gets much easier and every as everyone said this to me when I had them it'll get easier it'll get easier and it's, it's yeah. really true it does it gets a lot easier but I'm also like if anyone does suddenly find out they're pregnant with twins absolutely reach out to me and I'm here to answer questions reassure 
tell you about the tough bits, but that it, it definitely does get better. So I'm really open to anyone getting in touch if they want to. Oh, brilliant. That's a really generous offer. I think it will be really reassuring for people who are going through that. Great. Thanks so much, Harriet. No problem. Nice to chat. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Stalk and I podcast, I'd hugely appreciate if you rate, review and subscribe. I look forward to seeing you again next week.